All right, let's hear this now. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, our base scripture for this message series from everyone. Who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been trusted with much, much more will be asked. Amen. Praise you, Lord, this morning. Much is demanded of me. Much is asked of me. Got one quiet amen to my right, to your left. It's not super popular preaching to talk about what's demanded of us as believers. It's not super popular. What's popular is to preach, God do this, God do that, me do nothing. It's not how it works. We've been entrusted with much, so much has been asked, much has been demanded. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, which is the base scripture for today's message. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Let me give you this stark admonition. You will not always be able to remain as a child and thrive as a believer. Not thrive. You might survive. Many Christians will not even survive. We'll get into that in a minute. Tom, I was taught in the Baptist church and the Calvinist church and the whatever church that, you know, once you get saved, it's a done deal. I'm eternally secure. It's not the Bible. Find it. I challenge you to find that anywhere in the Bible. What it does say, Jesus said, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end will be saved. That's the Bible. You choose if you want to follow a denomination, that's on you, but I choose the Bible. I choose the word of God every single time without hesitation, without exception. I choose the word of God over the wisdom of people. That's why we never closed this church. Well, you know, we believe in binding and loosing, but you have to use wisdom. No, that's a lie. That's heresy. It's actually blasphemous to compare your knowledge or to say to anybody that my mind is going to be the filtration system for the word of God. No, the word of God says it. You act in it and you believe it. That's being a Christian. The word of God is everything. You can't be a believer in Jesus and not a believer in the Bible. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 verse 14. There is no delineation between Jesus and the word. There are three. They bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. 1 John 5, 7. You can't stay a child. Remember the verse. When I was a child, I spoke, I understood, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, or when I became a woman, I put away childish things. Many Christians spend their entire life, they spend decades believing that they're growing when they're actually not. They're not actually growing. How do you know whether you're growing or not? You have to be bearing fruit. It has, there has to be production. It can't just be on the inside. Is that what this verse says out of Luke 12, 48? From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. Well, it's all happening on the inside. I know that's what you've been taught. But that's not, and to whom much is entrusted, much more will be asked. You can't spend your whole life as a Christian and never produce any fruit. 
You know that's why so many of us get disenchanted. I know there's people actually in this room. I'm looking at your faces. You're like, Tom, you're judging me. Yeah, that's right. And look at your faces, and I know that you're disenchanted with the gospel of Jesus. The reason why is not Jesus' fault. It's your fault. You've allowed yourself to be distracted by other things. You've allowed yourself to be distracted, distracted by religion, by repetition, instead of the power of God, instead of God himself. Walls and buildings and keyboards and pulpits and pastors do not matter in comparison to the pursuit of the Holy Spirit. That's what counts. That's what matters. If Christians would just focus on that, they wouldn't get so offended so easily. They wouldn't be bothered like so many faces that I'm looking at this morning. You look bothered or you look like you missed an entire night's of sleep. I felt bad in the first service. Our worship was quiet as a church mouse. I'm like, come on. You're like, well, I don't feel like it. That's the time to do it the most. Put on the sacrifice of, of praise and press God. Whether you feel it or not, you're not always going to feel it. I told you this all the time. Feelings are nothing more than gas. You have gas in your body, you have feelings in your body. You have burps in your body, you have feelings in your body. There's no difference. They're just produced by your body. Oh, that's God, that's God. Sometimes a feeling can represent God, but a feeling is never God. Mm, quiet in here on that one. Listen, Aaron taught me this this week. Our worship leader taught me this because I never thought of it this way. We can be very religious as Pentecostal people. Very religious. We just end up doing the same. Oh, that's a great service. Oh my gosh. God knocked me onto the ground. I felt something. I felt tingles all over me. Okay, how many souls have you won? How many, how many, how many people have you laid hands on and seen them made well? How many people do you bring to church? Oh man, but I felt it. Great. And we go from service to service believing that that's life changing, but our life never changes. Well, I felt it today. Okay, now what? Rodney Howard Brown, who's one of the biggest purveyors of knocking people out in the spirit, will tell you it's merely a launching pad. It's not meant to be your lifestyle. Knocked on the ground, get back up. Knocked on the ground, get back up. That's not supposed to be your lifestyle. We're supposed to be bearing much fruit. And believe me, by the faces that I'm looking at right now, you're not buying into it. You might want to buy into it because it's Jesus. It's not me. It's not my opinions. You may not like my delivery, but it's the word of God. We cannot remain as child. children. What if things start to get real? They haven't become real yet. We lived in Florida the whole time. It's easy. It's easy to be anti-COVID in Florida. I told the first services, I spent Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of this week up in Tampa at Pastor Rodney's conference. Tampa's a different world than here. Just Tampa because it's, it's, it's blue. Well, you shouldn't preach politics from the pulpit. Don't care. Just if that bothers you, you might as well walk out now. Watch out because there's more coming. It's going to come out. 
One party's, one party's a baby butcher, the other party isn't. Simple as that. You know, you can all come down to that. But I was in Tampa. You know, my whole life here at this church is this church, racetrack. This church, racetrack. Today after church, this church, racetrack. When I'm up at the river, it's River Church, Wawa. River Church, Wawa. River Church, Wawa. Who's ever got the Slurpees is where I go. And literally, after every river service, I am at the Wawa. So it is. Right down the road from the river is the Wawa. That's where I go. Every service, every single time. But Tampa's a different world than it is here. It's very leftist up there. And they, they have a lesbian mayor named Jane Castro who's an extreme baby butchering COVID tyrant. But I was up there in those Wawa's, they're full, every, there's not a soul in those stores without a mask. Not a customer, not an employee, everybody in the parking lot. The only people not in masks were me or another crazy river person. That's it. They're the only ones without masks on. It's a different world. What are we going to do when it gets real? What if you can't buy, sell, or trade without it? Are you going to be a child and not be able to trust God for your provision? Well, we don't know when that's going to happen. I agree. Are you going to be caught with your pants down? Pants on the ground? Pants on the ground? What are you going to do with your pants on the ground? <laughs> going to be caught as a child? What if it really does get real in your time, in your life, in your lifespan? What if it actually gets real? What are you going to, you can't remain as a child. You have to put aside childish things. If you're offended, you're a child, just so you know. If you spend more than a minute offended, you're a child. I don't care why you're offended. They hurt my feelings. One of the greatest purveyors of being offended is being on a worship team. Pete's laughing because he knows. Pete and I have been on a worship, uh, worship team together and offended each other. <laughs> you spend two seconds offended for any reason, you're a child. It's a person. God couldn't have offended you. Well, he may have offended you, but that means you're absolutely wrong. But if it's a person, even if they were wrong and you spend 10 minutes in, a, in, in offense, you're a child. You're, you're never going to survive the mark of the beast. You'll be knocking old ladies out of the way like a fullback to take that mark on your forehead. If you bet, listen, if you stay a child, you will. And the heat is on. You have to be mature. What if things get real? See, I, I believe that we're going to sway things back. I do. As I'm not going to think any other way. But in order to do that, you can't be a child. You have to put away childish things. You can't spend five hours a day staring at a screen. You can't. Well, why not? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I agree. If you're saved, you're going to heaven, even if you stare at a screen all day. But you can't grow in your faith. You will never move mountains. You will never raise the dead. You will never give sight to the blind. You will not win the lost. You won't even know the doors that have opened for your ministry. I've preached this many times and for many years from this very pulpit. Most Christians do not have any clue what they're called to do. See how quiet it got? 
He's gifted every single person in this room with a specific gift and a specific calling. And it is not your job. Well, you know, I've been called to be a nurse. No, you weren't. They'll be like me saying I was called to be a cop. No, I wasn't. God pulled me out of law enforcement into my calling. That's not how it works. And most Christians have absolutely no idea. And that's why Proverbs 29, 18 comes in. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's why people get bored in their walk with God. That's why they walk away. Because you're meant to be consumed. If you're not being consumed, you're not really living a Christ-like life. You're living in accordance to your own lordship. Some of us need to draw. Repent of it right now. Look at me now. Repent of it right now. Repent of your lordship. Right now, you are not Lord. God Almighty, the mighty God of Israel is Lord. You are not. Drop it now. You're not Lord. People who stay as children, they'll be lucky to survive. They'll be lucky to go to heaven. They'll be lucky to endure until the end. We do not run from the truth, amen? We preach it. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. This is what everybody is called to do. Look at the first part of the verse. Preach the word, be instant. You do it now. Christian comes up to you, a pastor comes up to you and tells you, Put on a mask. We social distance in this church. Or just a church that has never acknowledged their failure. You preach the word now. In season, out of season. That means popular or unpopular. Preach the word. You might be cast out. You might lose your church of 2,000 and go to a church of 20. Better off. You're better off. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. What are the verses right after this? Most of us know 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word with exclamation mark. We know it, right? But what's the next verses? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We're told to preach the word, and then we're told there will, time, there will come a time when people won't even endure it. That should sound eerily familiar. That should sound like a siren song to you of what's going on in the world today. Every single church in America on a statistical basis closed. Very rare exceptions. Their entire state's still closed. For what? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They wouldn't endure sound doctrine. What was sound doctrine? He's giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. There's your sound doctrine. Well, we believe that. But you know, it, you know, you have to use wisdom. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's no wisdom of yours. The synapse is firing in your brain that trumps the word of God. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Just let me, get, let me find a preacher who will tell me what I want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. What we're supposed to do what we're demanded to do are fa- is found in three verses down. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul writes, I have fought a good fight. Do most Christians think of Christianity like that? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 
So all the Calvinists out there, it's kind of odd that Paul felt inclined to write, I have kept the faith, as if he could have lost his faith. Because he could have. That's the Bible. It's found again in James chapter 4, 6 through 8. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Seven and eight are titled in the New King James, Humility Cures Worldliness. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Written all to Christians at the church in Jerusalem. Draw near to God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, was written to the church, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That was written to Christians. Look at the militants in these verses. Fight a good fight. Resist the devil. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, resist means what? Actively fight against. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Actively fight against the devil, and he will flee from you. Not close your church and put your thumb in your mouth. Not try to impress the world by your closures. Fight against it. That's what we're supposed to do. In these times that we're seeing right now, we're not supposed to have ominous music playing in our minds and then hang our heads in defeat. Oh, I see vaccine passports coming out. Mark of the beast. I agree. I believe, I honestly do believe that related to COVID or related to the next thing that they throw out there for us, that it will be used to usher in the mark of the beast. I don't know whether it's 10 years. I don't know if it's four years. I don't know if it's 40 years. And I don't really care. What matters is this. Am I ready? See, the church preaches get ready instead of be ready. Better get ready. No, you better be ready. A lot of, you're not supposed to hang your head and say, you know what, there's just no future. You want your kids to get married? You want your kids to have your grandkids? You're going to have to fight for it then. Because the world will be happy to take it away. Their utopia, that that what you see right now is the utopia they want. They want to kill off as many people as they can. They They have to keep the abortion mills going so they kill off their minimum of 60 million a year. All refunded by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. All the defunding, the $600 million that Donald Trump took away from Planned Parenthood is now refunded. All the money that Donald Trump cut from international abortion mills, the Mexico City plan it's called, has now been refunded because they hate people. They hate humanity. The only people that they love are themselves. Perilous times will come when men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Everybody is receiving hundreds of millions of dollars from China who hates humanity. China's guilty of a half a billion abortions. That's exaggeration. No, it's not. But you do not hang your heads in the middle of these ominous signs. You fight. See, we're taught in Christianity that we're a peaceful people. No, we're not. 
Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. That was Jesus talking. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And you're worried about mean tweets? We've turned over. You have many, many evangelical Christians who stood up against the pro-life president and voted in the biggest baby butchering hack that has ever existed in American politics. And people will answer to God for that. I don't know how many of you saw it this week, but on the House floor, they had a debate. It was called, it was called chimeras. This is all fact. This is not right-wing politics or, or right-wing black uh, websites. This was on the House floor. They're debating about whether, you, you, uh, whether to use human tissue, human cells, and combine them with animal cells so you have a pig with a person's face. This is absolute fact. You can pull it up yourself. It's on Just the News with John Solomon. It's on mainstream news. We can impregnate a pig with a human embryo mixed with a horse. It's all fact. This is exactly what's going on. It's all deeply linked to vaccinations and humanized mice. It's all facts. They hate human beings. They defend, people are the image of God. They hate God, so they hate people. You can pull it up. Every single Republican voted to stop this procedure. It was their bill to stop this procedure. Pull it up. And every Democrat voted to keep it. Republicans coming out and fighting saying that men and women are created in the image of God. And there's a certain measure of divinity there. Correct? They see you no different than a pig. That's how they are. That's, and that's why you fight. You don't do what they say. The same people that want to combine Human beings with animals, our genetic material with animals are the same people that tell you to put a mask on. The same people that tell you to vaccinate. Come on, won't you vaccinate to save a life? Won't you take a quantum dot tattoo and put it on your forehead to save a life? Not me. You have to fight. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. The dry bones live the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there was very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. I love that verse. And indeed they were very dry. Is that you? Don't be dishonest with yourself. Look at me now. Is that you? I see parts of my life, it's me. I can't say that my entire life is dry bones, but there's areas in my life that are dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. <laughs> and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
What brings life to dry bones? It is not a watered-down margarita Bible study. It is not a Bible study that makes you feel complacent. It is a Bible study. It is the Word of God. It's quick and it's powerful. It's instant. Thus says the Lord God, verse 5, to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, turning your stony heart into a heart of flesh, throwing in the words of Jesus, cover you with skin and put breath in your mouth and you shall live. You have to choose this church. You have to choose it. I want to live. Most of us, we can't live because our life is too big. There's no time to be alive. Knock it off. Create an area in your home where you get alone with God and be consumed by the Holy Spirit. Not in traditional Pentecost. Well, that was a great prayer time. That was not a great prayer time. That was a good prayer time. No, you go in there and you say, Lord, open all doors. Enable me to see all doors. Open my eyes to see. Not bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Pay this bill, Lord. Open my eyes to see what you have called me to do. Raise up these dry bones. So most of us in this room are dry. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to contain this church. Got Pete on board. I got one yeah over here. You in here need prayer. <laughs> then you shall not, then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and I was, as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the breath. See, God is a specific God. You got to deal that way. That means God's allowed to be specific with you. I don't like this. I like this. Like he said to the seven churches. I like this that you do, but these things I hold against you. Be open to it. I'm not a completed work. I hear God all the time saying, no. That's not for you. Okay. Keep your mouth shut. That's the one I hear the most. <laughs> You're like, how can that be? I don't know. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, verse 9, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain. I'm praying that over you right now and over me. Breathe on us slain that we may live. Some of us, we are so, we're so dead, we just don't even know it. We're comfortable in it. We live in it. God's, God wants to bring you back to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood up on their feet. An exceedingly great army, an army of dry bones is starting 
to rise. Christians who have been dormant and silent, afraid to speak up, are coming to life. Don't be left behind. Tom, can't we just talk about love? That is love. God is love. God is the word, so the word is love. I'll talk about love, though. You ready? I am. I'm going to talk about love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who, but he who, is, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love takes action. Casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Why does the modern church sit? They casting out fear, but they, they don't cast out fear and then preach love. They're close to a virus that can only kill you 0.1% of the time. And you allegedly are preaching love. Love thy neighbor. That's love to you. Because it says right here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you have any fear, you're not, you have not been made perfect in love. If you live in fear, you preach fear to others. You're preaching torment. Torment is not an attribute of God. It's an attribute of Satan. It's just like grace. See, I preached about love. Now I'll preach about grace. You ready? Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, upright and godly lives in this present age. Notice the action again. It teaches us to do something. To say no well, Tom, you know, Christianity is not, about a, is not a list of yeses and nos, of do's and don'ts. Who told you that? Who told you that? Anybody ever hear that before? Well, we're, here's another way. Here's another translation of the book of idiocy. Ready? <laughs> we're not sin conscious. We're grace conscious. Well, you know who ought to be sin conscious? Anybody struggling with sin. Because... Jesus Christ came into the world to save those of us who have sinned. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. It actually starts off with, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, Paul wrote. I think we ought, we ought to be thinking about sin. Verse 13 of Titus 2. While we wait for the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what we're supposed to be doing is actively saying no to the following. To ungodliness. To worldly passions. That's what we're supposed to say no to. And live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. While we wait for the blessed hope. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. But notice the call to action. People hear grace and they sit back. They hear love and they sit back. Perfect love casts stuff out. Grace actively says no. 
How's grace preached? Is grace preached as a know-it-all? It's preached as a yes to everything. That's where you get Jude 3 and 4. Ungodly people have secretly crept in among you and perverted the grace of our God into a license for immorality. There's the daggum Bible again. Blowing up my Calvinism. Blowing up my terms of love. They're not love. How is it loving to send people straight to hell as you tell them they're saved? How is, it, how is it love to send people straight to hell to rot for all of eternity while telling them they're going to heaven? Because they, they had a fresh start or a new beginning. Welcome. Well, you know, we're all together. You are home as they put on their signs as you welcome as they go into their church. The modern church is run by fear as it preaches love. Preaches love, love, love. But they're run by fear. How do you close and preach love? Why did you close? Look at me. Why, why did you close? No pastors repenting of it. We have vaccine passports. Secretary Mayorkas, again, one of the dumbest people I've ever seen in public service. Another one of Joe Biden's gems. J.B.G., Joe Biden's gems. He said, this, is, this was two days ago, we are actively considering vaccine passports. That's what he said. That's being discussed in the White House. It's already implemented in Israel, being implemented in Canada. And no pastors have repented of closing their churches. Tom, can't you talk about anything else? What else would you have me talk about since COVID runs the earth? An absolute fraudulent virus runs the whole earth. A virus, oh, every, everybody now is saying, oh, we agree it was created in a lab. No, duh. I knew that back in March of 2020. All it took was five minutes of reading articles. Gain of function research, dummies. Now it's just now on the Senate floor. Welcome to the party, 15 months late. Clowns. You know why? They're run by fear too. I don't want somebody calling me a conspiracy theorist. Well, you know what? If the conspiracy theory is actual truth, then you ought to go ahead and say it. They ban, I've been banned off I don't know how many platforms how many times. For doing what? YouTube just banned this church for life. We're banned for life off YouTube. So here's the thing. Why? They said I put out false vaccine information. What did I say? What did I say? They won't even tell me. Did I really put out false information about vaccines? No, I read articles from the pulpit to you. person right now in charge of pediatrics in the federal government as far as vaccine response works for Pfizer. And they're actively experimenting on two-year-olds right now. That parents volunteered up on the throne of Baal. Here you go. Here you go, Ezra. She's saying everybody needs to be vac vaccinated. Yes, yeah, she works for Pfizer and the federal government. Is that conspiracy? You're going to ban me again? Facebook, you're going to ban me again? YouTube? Take your platforms and shove them up your own cabooses, you idiots. Bunch of liars. The modern church is run by fear but preaches love. But again, 1 John 4, 18 says love and fear can't coexist. There is no fear in love. 
None. So you're telling me, Tom, that there, there was a plague of rattlesnakes falling from the sky? You're not allowed to be afraid? That's exactly what I'm telling you. You're not loving. That's just the Bible. So what is, what, what is that conviction on every church? They're not loving. If you close, you have nothing to do with love. But because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. But they preach it all the time. But they're dominated by fear. Fear of being called names. Fear of church members. You'll be glad to know I fear not one church member in this entire church. I don't care what they give. I don't care what they do. I don't care how much they've done. I love them, but I don't fear them. I appreciate them, but I don't fear them. Fear of being called a conspiracy theorist. Fear of being called a racist. Well, you know, we had another police killing, so, you know, we're going to have to have, you know, we, we roll this out every couple of years. They probably, they probably got props in the back. You know, all churches keep all their old props unless I'm your pastor and I throw them all away. My wife will hold on to all, on to all of them. I'll throw them all away. We'd have, pro- we'd have stuff pouring out of every crevice in this church if it was up to my wife. <laughs> Keeping everything. No. I chuck it all. According to Hope and Heather, I throw too many things away. They go back through my piles and pull out stuff. Still never been used. I challenged them both. I said, last stuff you pulled out, it was, we'll see in three years whether or not we ever used it. Well, it's three years later and we never did. She wants to respond so much. Hope's back there right now. She wants to respond so much. Go ahead, shout it out. What do you want to say? <laughs> see, like, un- unlike most you men, though, I'm not scared of my wife either. Well, what? The white ain't, ain't happy. The whole house isn't happy. I'm happy no matter what. She don't want to be happy. That's her fault. She feels the same way about me. I don't affect her day. If I'm pouting around, she doesn't care. She loves God too much. I love God too much. I worship God, not my wife. I'm not afraid of my wife. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not fear of your wife. I know there's not a whole lot. You notice how those were all feminine amens. There wasn't a man saying amen because they're scared of their wife. <laughs> Stop being scared of her. It's a girl. She's a girl. What else is the church scared of? Fear of being arrested. Can't be. Sorry. This has gotten real. Pastors have been arrested. Three at least in Canada have been arrested. Pastor Rodney was arrested. Tony Spell was arrested. Well, let me see. Jesus was arrested. John was arrested. Peter was arrested. Paul was arrested. Stephen was arrested. Joseph was arrested. You can't be afraid of being arrested. Yeah, it stinks. But what if things get real and you have no choice? You're going to take the mark instead? Listen, I won't take anything instead. Even, Even the precursors to the mark, I'm not taking them. I'm not putting your mask on. I'm not vaccinating. I'm not social distancing. Nothing. And that is love. That's loving. Because there is no fear in love. Fear involves torment, which is of the devil. 
I want to make things clear for you so that you know when you have to stand. The church is afraid of being called unloving. I don't care. I don't care what people call me anymore. I, I don't care at all. Fear of losing something. Fear of offending somebody. Fear of nonconformity. Oh, we'll look different. Great. Great. Look different. I marvel at it now. See, back in the day, it was unusual to have a tattoo. So I get it back then. Now everybody's got them. You ought to do the opposite and not get one. Now everybody's got them. I don't care whether you have them or not. I'm just saying. Fear of nonconformity in the church? Or narrow is the way and few find it? You ought not to be in conformity. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. If that's what the world is doing, you ought to be doing the opposite. I put this one last on purpose, fear of a virus. Because you know what? Most of the churches didn't close because they were afraid of the virus. They were afraid of society's response to them not closing. Including people inside their own churches. I'm not afraid of anybody. I lost predominant members of this church who have attended here for more than a decade. 30% of this church left. Many of them have gone here for years. Many of them friends of mine. Gone. Didn't have any effect on what I did. Another big fear is admitting that you're wrong. I saw a Christian leader that I've sent lots of money to, read his books, everything. Said this week he was in a prayer meeting and he sensed that God told him there's going to be a great awakening. But he closed his entire ministry and has still not come out and said that he was wrong. Good luck being a part of that great awakening that God prophesied to you. Because you won't be. Because you walked away from the word of God. And you lived in fear, which is torment. You're going to be part of a great awakening as you preached torment? He opened up later and he actually sued the government later, but that was months after he'd already shut down. I'm great, great that you got into the fight, but you know what? It means nothing if you didn't repent. I had somebody send me a, send me a message on Facebook Messenger. And they said, you know what? They went to a church and the pastor closed. But he came out and said to his church, I was wrong. You get nothing till you do that. Nothing. You won't get a penny from me. You get zero respect. As soon as you do it, I'm back 100% behind you. Because you see, I go Jesus style. Jesus goes with repentance. You know repentance? No thank you. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. That's just the Bible. Luke chapter 17 verse 3. Revelation 2.29 says, He who has ear, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 2.16, Repent or else I will come to you quickly and fight against them with what? Sword of my mouth. Fight against his own churches with this. Revelation 3.3, And remember therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. Does Jesus respond to them not watching by saying, I'm going to come back? No, no, no. 
He says, if you will not watch, you will come as a thief, which means it'll be like a thief to you because you're not watching. Doesn't mean it changes his timetable because you're watching or not watching. It means that he will appear as a thief in the night to those who pay no attention. You will not find another church. I used to never preach this, but I preach it now. You will not find another church that I know of, and I know a lot of them. I've been here, I've been living here since 1980. You will not find another church until you drive up to Tampa, an hour and 15 minutes north of here, where they're still having their service that began three hours and 15 minutes ago with another two hours to go. Fact. You guys know it. There's lots of Rodney Howard Brown veterans in this room. That's the only other church I'm aware of that's preaching anything about vaccine passports. The rest of them don't care. It's this giant elephant in their room that they refuse to discuss. I promise you this, as your pastor or as your friend or as your brother, if an elephant walks into this room, we'll discuss it. (laughs) They're not. They're having another sermon series on better together, your best life now. Or how to have a successful marriage. Four parts of prayer. Spiritual warfare 101. Summer song list. Naked and unafraid. Sand and stars. Take all those sermons. Bundle them up. See, you have a lampstand and it's called the word. You choose whether you keep it or not. Lampstand is your pulpit, is your platform. You decide what to do with it. You preach, will you preach and say the word of God? But you have a lampstand, it's called the word. It's not your sacrifice. Remember 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in heeding the voice of the Lord? In obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. God's not looking for your sacrifice. He's looking for your obedience because that is love for God. God wants to be loved, just like the rest of us. The reason why you want to be loved is because God wants to be loved. Just be like him. Don't need it. Want it. Some of you need it. Don't need it. Don't need people. Want people. It's a far more powerful emotion. Will you preach the word or will you preach appeasement? Will you preach the word or will you preach false comfort? Will you preach the solace of Calvinism? No, the sovereignty of God, whatever it is, it's God's plan. That's not accurate at all. The sovereignty of God means God is above all, not God controlling all. Will you preach the word or acquiescence to lies? The word or defeat, the word or sickness, the word or death, the word or mental illness, the word or false love via truth avoidance. You have to choose word or these things. You can't choose word and lack. Word and being poverty ridden. Oh, Tom, oh, darn, I was liking you until you got on the prosperity thing. He's going to come after our money. Do you see us take an offering? I'm after your money. We don't sing a song about it. 
Nothing. I don't pass plates, so I'm after your money? You going to trust me or not? I'm not after your money. I just read the Bible. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was poor, yet for your sakes he be, that yet for, yet, I'll get it right. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. That sounds like the Christian is called to prosper. How are you supposed to bless the poor when you're poor? Give it all away if you want. Stay in your 3-2 in East Inglewood. I don't care. I don't care if you have a house, a mansion, a boat, whatever it is you want. But you ought to want to be very prosperous to the tunes of millions of dollars. And if you want to give them all away, then give them all away. But you can't, you cannot take the word in sickness, the word in lack, the word in defeat, the word in mental illness. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You have to pick. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have to choose. A house divided against itself cannot stand. We'll look at that in Matthew 12 in a second. You can't choose the word in acquiescence to lies. Well, I believe the Bible, but you know, I wear a mask around because it really makes people feel better. They can take their feelings and shove them exactly the same place I want them to shove their masks. I'm not going to lie so that you feel better. I'm not going to tell somebody right now that if they're gay, they're going to heaven because they're at a, they began a fresh start and a new beginning at their ark church and are on staff on the choir at their ark church like they were on Hillsong, New York. No. I'm not going to sit there and lie to people so they feel better and preach the word. Instant, in season, out of season, and whatever happens, happens. Foundation Church closes, it closes. It's the way it is. That's how I preach. That's how I live. I refuse to live any other way. I will not bend my knee to the gods of this world. I will not do it, ever. I will not do it so that I can grow a church. What's the point? What's the point of growing a church that's not based on the Bible? And that's why the word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, that we'll be judged more strictly. No, thank you. I'm really not looking to be judged more strictly. God demands that we do not deny him. From everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. From everyone who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. God demands that we do not deny him. Where do you get that from? Matthew chapter 10, 32 and 33, Jesus speaking. Whoever acknowledges me before men, this has been changed to others because of the NIV has gone to uh, gender equity. Man means all mankind. I mean, come on. Grow a brain and pull your thumb out of your mouth. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will also disown him before my Father in heaven. Whoops. So here's, here's a list I wrote. Will you own or disown Jesus in healing? 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, Psalm 103.3, will you choose that or disown him in healing? A lot of Christians, they're very general when they're supposed to be specific. Well, I choose Jesus. All my sins are gone. Will you choose him in healing or disown him? Will you own him or disown him with prevention? Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. Will you own him or disown him? Own him or disown him when it comes to masks. Psalm 91 says, no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. You don't need a mask. You don't need a vaccination. Will you own them or disown them when it comes to lockdowns? He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. You don't need a lockdown. Will you own them or disown them when it comes to prosperity? Psalm chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And whatever he lays his hands to will prosper. Which one will you choose? Will you choose the word? Or will you choose the person who's too scared? To preach prosperity. No, they'll accuse you of this. or you're, That's not love then because you're walking in the fear. You're walking in torment. If you're afraid of what people will say to you when you preach the word, you're walking not in love but in torment. Will you choose the word? Will you own or disown Jesus when it comes to tolerance or acceptance? Narrow is the way and few find it. Accommodating is not the goal. Preaching the word is. Will you own or disown Jesus when it comes to eternal security? Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. That you can lose your salvation. Which one will you choose? Very offensive to tell more than half of the body of Christ. In my opinion, 80% of the body of Christ believes you cannot lose their salvation. You know why they believe that? Because they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. They have not studied the word to show themselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hosea 4, 6, 2 Timothy 2, 15. I'm not afraid to talk about eternal security. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after, after, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. Written to the church, in Jerusalem. How, do you, how, do you, how does lukewarm, how do lukewarm people get spewed out of his mouth? How is it that Jesus said, that's Revelation 3, 15 and 16. How does Jesus say in John 15, 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. How bait this kind, here's, here's another one, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Well, they were never saved to begin with. What are they falling away from? It's nonsensical. It's like saying, you get nonsense from the devil. Well, vaccinate your two-year-old. Anybody that's, how many deaths in Los Angeles County? The fourth largest city in the country. One of the biggest urban hubs in America. Everybody pressed in close together. How many people under the age of 17 died in Los Angeles of COVID-19? Zero. Zero. So the same people 
that will preach to you that you can never lose your salvation, that will say things like, falling away are people who are never saved to begin with. That makes absolutely no sense. Are the same people that tell you to vaccinate people who will never die of COVID. Who don't spread COVID. Kids don't catch it. They don't have symptoms from it. And they don't spread it. Makes no sense. But that's the devil for you. And look at all the simpletons that believe it. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 15. The simple believeth every word. But the prudent man looketh well to his going. Will you own or disown Jesus when it comes to the mark of the beast? It may come in your lifetime, it may not. I have no idea. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Matthew 24, 36. I'll tell you what, though, I'm not getting ready, I am ready. Amen. Will you own or disown Jesus when it comes to fear? Don't raise your hands, don't shout amen, just answer in your spirit. How many people in here are worry warts? I worry, yeah, I'm worried. You think it's an attribute? of the devil there is no fear in love perfect love casts out fear worry is not an attribute ever well if it's really serious ever ever fear is denial of God it's it's faith in the devil fear cannot dispel fear I see pastors writing books about dispelling fear while their church is masked. Why won't critical race theory make us a non-racist country? Because racism does not eradicate racism. Darkness does not eradicate darkness. Light does. The opposite is what eradicates something. If you want to eradicate love, you fear. If you want to eradicate racism, you love. It's very simple. You don't create another racist theory where now everybody who's white is a racist. And you have them confessing sins that don't exist. In order, listen, in order, it's all about leverage. In order for people to stay employed right now, they've got to go to their little company seminars. And stand up and pledge to basically Adolf Hitler, a bunch of false content. They've never been a racist, but they have to acknowledge that they are perfect devil, perfect demonic situation. All these companies are so afraid now, it's all about leverage. It may come for you. What will you choose? Fear or Jesus? Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. A house divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. I'll read the whole verse. Jesus knew their doubts, their thoughts. And said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. You can't choose the opposite of the word and the word together. Otherwise, you will be destroyed were these churches destroyed they haven't been meeting for 15 months a lot of them they came back the pastor up in Largo Florida 
bragged all over social media. I don't know why. That he had a bigger church than Pastor Rodney Hour Brown. Ripping him for being arrested. This is not our fight. This is not our time. That's how he talks to. I just want to. Mm. It's not our fight. It's not our time. Gelding. He's begging people to come back to his church now. He taught them for nine months how not to attend. Whatever you plant in the ground, buddy, it's coming up. Enjoy your church now that you used to be maybe 75% of the river church. Now you're about 4%. Nice job, moron. And you ought not to be trampling on God's anointed. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Numbers chapter 13, 6 through 8. Well, your church has gone bye-bye now. You got to put out a Facebook Live. You know, if you can go to Walmart, you can go to church. Well, you know what? His church is nothing but sedation. I've watched his message, hoping I watched one. It was unwatchable. The entire time, he's like on on an iPad. And he just talks with absolutely no passion. How in the world that church was full with a thousand people before COVID? I don't know. I would literally rather you have, just have, just punch me in the face than go to that service. Seriously, just punch me in the face. I'd rather you do that. I was going to be more graphic about kick me somewhere, but I decided to pull back on those reins. I would rather that too. I'll just give you a target. I'd rather you kick me right there than go in there. I'm serious. They have to make me go in that service. What, what concept do these, do these verses correlate with? The verses that I said, well, you cannot be divided. What do they correlate with? I said it to you earlier. Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 36. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. We are not to set our mind and our thoughts on what people think or their responses or their reactions or what they will say about you. All the way to this level. Think about it. You are not supposed to care what people think or say all the way to the level of family. He who loves father or mother, Matthew 10, 37 through 39, more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves, listen now, Super soccer mom in your minivan who gives your whole life for your kids. I won't get into my haircutting thing today. <laughs> my wife always feels like she has to come back and fix all of my damage that I did to women after I tell them about cutting their hair after they got married. Here's how it works. You know, we're all supposed to try to remain attractive to our spouses, right? Not have kids and become disgusting. I'm just saying. I'm fat, but I don't let myself get too fat. I'll leave it at that for today. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Son or daughter. Your kids? Yes. Look at me. Jesus is more important than your children. 
The reason why both my kids are saved is because their entire life they've seen me honor God above them. It's very unhealthy to make your kids your God. For them and you, but namely for them. Oh, they'll appreciate being spoiled. Spoiled is not a good thing. Ever drank spoiled milk? It's not good. So spoiled is not good. We consider it an attribute in our country. Oh, we spoil our kids. Great. Good luck with that. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Twelve minutes to go. Everybody with me? And that includes the end. That includes the closing. So stay with me. When you don't cave to the reactions of people, that's what causes this verse. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. 10 first. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. There's no more virulent hatred than inside the church of Jesus Christ for those that closed and those that didn't. As those that closed are jealous. And that's why they betray and hate each other. Who turned in? Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Who turned him in? Other pastors turned him in. They're jealous. They're jealous because they're geldings prancing around in a meadow instead of being on the front lines of a war. They're jealous. It's just like all the guys that go to a football game. Oh, I could have done that. I could have done that. Just enjoy the game. Keep your mouth shut. You're five foot eight, 157 pounds, soaking wet rocks in your pocket. You're not going to do better than Adrian Peterson, okay? You're jealous. Keep your mouth shut. But that's why you get Matthew 24 10. They'll betray and hate each other because they're jealous. And then you have the reaction from the progressive church, and many false prophets will appear. False prophet is anybody who says false truth. You have to use wisdom. That's a lie. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most of the church will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Solid Christians in Matthew 24, 24 will fold. All for because they're afraid of being stigmatized and name called. Listen, I get called names all the time. And my daughter's favorite, Norma told me this right after church at the river on Tuesday. She was talking about me being called an A hat. <laughs> Filled in the blanks. That's her favorite. What? <laughs> no, she didn't say the word. She said A hat. That's how we talk. We don't cuss in the Lightly House because you know what? That's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, which is right after study to show thyself approved. 2 Timothy 2.16. No Christian cussers in the Lightly House. Good luck with that. That would have been swatted right off your face a long time ago. I wouldn't have a 20-year-old cusser. So she was talking to me. She goes, that was my favorite. The guy who called you an A hat. I get, called, I get called names all the time. Hope deletes them. Delete. Delete. Wow, that's a big F word. Delete. I don't care. But because people are afraid of being called names, people are afraid of being shunned. 
they'll renounce Christ. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive even, if possible, the elect. But remember, Matthew 24, 13, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Finishing with this, many people choose to be people pleasers. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, for do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I'll wear a mask to make people feel better. Look at us clothes. Look at us clothes. The Joker to Batman. Look at you go. Look at you go. Look at us clothes. You're trying to please men. Galatians chapter 1, verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That doesn't fit into our mentality. No, it does not. The Bible does not fit into greasy faith, greasy grace. Galatians 1, 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Finish him with this. See, this is serious, serious business. And I want to tell you, what if it all becomes real? Worship team, make your way. What if it all becomes real? What if it's not about fish-covered Bible covers anymore? What if it's not about scheduling our next Christian conference anymore? What if it gets real? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Perilous times and perilous men. But know this. Then in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. The viral video came out. I should have showed it today. Maybe I'll show it next week. A lot of you have probably already seen us put out on TikTok. We showed it on the podcast last night of a woman showing that she's pregnant. Anybody see it? She's acting. She's crying. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm pregnant. And she's a good actress too. Got to give her credit. Talking about how she's pregnant. And she goes, I'm not worried about it all. Throws it over her shoulder. I've already scheduled the appointment, she said. And she gets out her glass of wine and starts hauling down alcohol. She's going to kill her kid the next day. And mocks, he said, this is what you conservatives fear. I don't fear you. You'll burn in hell for all of eternity. You need to fear God. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, Matthew 10, 28. I'm going to read you this in closing. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. And I want you to see something here. I may not even read the whole thing. I want you to catch at least the first three words. Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful, remember those three words, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. What's the first one? But the cowardly, the fearful. Does that mean that if you fear that you're going to hell? No, it'll lead you straight to hell. If you live in fear, if you worry about what people think, 
you worry about a virus with a 0.1% post-infection death rate, let alone any virus at all or any sickness, illness, or disease or any peril, you are completely safe outside of martyrdom. Completely safe. If you don't want to believe that, then you live on your own. You roll those dice. I do not. The only things that I'm vulnerable to, those only not even things, it's thing, is what Jesus was vulnerable to. Was Jesus, did, ever, did Jesus ever have to take NyQuil? No. Why would he? Well, that's Jesus, your joint heir. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, joint heir. So joint heir means you have all of his gear, all of his rights. No, I can't. Stop blaspheming God by claiming to be less than what you are. Don't, don't live in false humility as an excuse to underperform. Don't do it anymore. The fearful, it'll lead you straight to hell the cowardly, the ones who will not stand. Tom, this is a little bit too real for me. I gave you grace and I gave you love for about eight minutes out of the hour long that I've been talking. You got eight minutes. So 52 minutes of hellfire and brimstone and eight minutes of grace. I speak these things to you because I love you and I want you to do well. That's why I preach the way that I preach. Amen. Love you all. Stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved.